Welcome back to another episode of Escaping Death. I'm your host, Austin Williams. Today's episode, we have my friend Tyler. He's an amazing guy. He's been through uh, one hell of a crazy story that he's about to share with you guys that I really do not want to um, spoil any of it, but it is fucking insane and miraculous. And there's going to be parts that might have you kind of um gasping or whatever um it's it's it gets fairly graphic just in terms of the um you know it's just a miracle that he survived let's put it that way um there's a quick little side note uh for this uh incident that he endured that i want to put in um this uh so as you guys saw in the title of this episode it's it's about his uh him surviving a motorcycle crash um doctors said he had lost uh 10 to 30 million neurons um due to a diffuse axonal injury and that's he wanted um that got caught up that that information got cut out of the interview so i just wanted to add that uh um I can't do like the scope of, of the, of the accident. Like you'll just have to hear it from Tyler. It's, it's really, uh, it's intense, but, um, you know, he is really an amazing guy and his story is crazy and it's, and, and he's got a great story and, um, it's very uplifting too. And I think he has just a really wonderful outlook. Um, and, and I'm just so glad that he's alive. Um, so I think there's a lot that you, that can be learned from this. I think if you, if you have been in a similar situation or dealing with a similar situation, I think you could gain a lot from hearing uh, Tyler's story. Uh, so without further ado, um, this is episode three. Uh, it's my friend Tyler and I'll let him take it from here. My name is uh, Tyler Maxu. I'm from born and raised in Los Angeles. Lived here my whole life. 30 years old. Had a had a very traumatic motorcycle accident back on July 30th, 2013. Um, this is on the southbound side of the 101 freeway. I, which I have no recollection of this accident. Um, I had I had sustained a traumatic brain injury, three facial fractures, complete right side paralysis, a fractured sternum, uh, four brain hemorrhages, uh, and the list seemed to go on and on. Um, I had a stroke on the freeway. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty intense, but starting out. So leading up to this accident, I was working in Hollywood, um, working in the nightclub scene, working that nightlife. Um, 
And I guess, <laughs> long story short, I met the wrong person at the wrong time and got caught up. Um, and to be honest, I started started doing drugs and cocaine, what I thought was cocaine. And uh, turns out it wasn't, but I, I felt myself getting addicted and kind of dependent on this, uh, needing this substance daily. And so I was riding my motorcycle every day. I didn't have a car for transportation. So um, everywhere I went, I was riding. And, you know, uh, every other weekend, I'd say at least I was going to the canyons and trying to lay my knee down. Um, but so I, I got very attached to, you know, the substances. Um, and that led to my erratic behaviors. I started, uh, I was in a relationship at the time and I began to, uh, you know, not that I'm proud of it, but I began to start stealing, um, just not being truthful, being, being scared and skeptical and doing spying and uh, just getting in my head essentially and that led to my demise and so one day I had uh, or one night I should say I caught my girlfriend at the time um, I caught a, uh, another man in my in my house and so that she was uh, she was very denying about that and so um, that set me off, and so at the time I had went to go. <laughs> my my solution, or what I thought was the way to fix that, was do more drugs, and so uh, I did that, and then I got right on the freeway, and I was going to my friend's house right down, the, you know, two or three miles away, uh, my friend Eli, and on the way there. Uh, about halfway approximately um, that's when I got struck uh, I was in the fast lane on this like I said southbound side of the 101 right at Benton Way um, and they said a woman made a left turn into the fast lane uh, and I struck her back right light uh, and I, I hit a total of three cars with my body. Uh, and they said in that distance, I flew approximately, you know, their guess, our estimates, uh, 120 to 150 feet. Um, and so uh, I was non-responsive on scene. Like I said, I sustained a stroke. Um, but I even have some of my paperwork with me right here. And it says, uh, 21-year-old male presents uh, intraventricular hemorrhaging, subarachnoid hemorrhaging, sternal fracture, zygomatic bone fracture uh, from a single-person motorcycle accident. He's in a long arm cast on the right arm, has a tracheotomy, uh, barely able to vocalize, <laughs> but they had me on at this time. I said I crashed July 30th, 2013. 
September 3rd, they already had me on four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen different medications. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was very intense. And so, even the when I did wake up, uh, I thought. This was the crazy part about it. I guess your brain tries to make sense of what happened. Um, and so I was always very into the military and everything like that. And so um, my my mind took me to, oh no, I was in war. I was in, I was in Afghanistan. And so every time I guess I would wake up, uh, and, you know, vocalize a few words, I would just, tell my parents you know I guess like make gestures that kind of uh showed like an explosion and stuff like that and I would kind of write it down faintly on paper uh, and that's I was set on that's why I was you know in the position that I was in at the time um so the rehab the rehab was very intense I I came home, so July 30th, 2013, and then I came home right before Halloween, about a week or so, like the 23rd or something like that. Um, but from the start of my rehabilitation, uh, I couldn't even walk. I was completely paralyzed on my right side. So I, you know, to walk upstairs and uh, if, I, if I heard a noise, my equilibrium was so off that if I heard a noise behind me and I looked behind me, I would fall over timber. Uh, at zero coordination balance, um, if I looked at a crack, I, like where I look, I went essentially. And so it was, uh, in a lot of ways, it was like I started, like had to rebuild myself from childhood years, you know? Uh, I couldn't pick up a spoon to eat. I couldn't tie my own shoes. I couldn't dress myself. Um, I needed assistance going to the bathroom, you know. And so I couldn't see myself like that. Once I once I came to my once I came to my you know thoughts and kind of was there in a sense. Um, I couldn't let myself. I I. I couldn't see myself like not doing these things, you know? Um, so I was very adamant about making the, as strong of a recovery as I could. So um, the last, I went to a total of three rehabs or three hospitals. I went to USC ICU uh, for right after my accident. Uh, then I went to Rancho Los Amigos and then I went to Casa Colina which is apparently, you know, one of the top, if not the top number one uh, brain rehab in the country, or at least on the west side. Um, and so when I, every day when I was going through these therapies, the thought that I had in my mind was, uh, I seen the person to the left, in the bed to the left, and the bed to the right of me, giving up you know, like losing hope, losing faith. And I mean, part of that was, you know, maybe them being older and, you know, there's, that's, I feel like multifactorial in a sense, but um, 
I couldn't see myself, you know, not walking or not being able to tie my shoes or feed my, put a spoon in my mouth, you know, or it, it was, it, to me, uh, you know, it's, it was a testament. I needed to prove to myself that, no, I'm going to rehabilitate, you know, be the best I could be. So um, I had at Casa Kalina at my final therapy when I kind of started coming to my senses and remembering, you know, uh, day by day and actually uh, remembering events and tasks that I was doing during the day. Um, I mean, they had me do electroshock therapy with my right arm, you know, that was paralyzed. They had me do tons of hand-eye coordination. Uh, they got me into the gym. I had speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. Um, you know, pretty much every type of therapy you could think of. Uh, but that was where I made the most uh, drastic improvement um, and I, I'll never be able to thank them enough uh, for what they did for me uh, but, but I mean it's it's a very detailed story and I know I'm missing parts of it but the uh, enduring that or you know actually being the person to like go through it day by day and actually coming out on the other side, it's completely shifted my, I guess, perspective on this life and made me utmost or the most appreciative person in the world. And I try to give back every day. And um, I, I wanna leave, you know, I'm trying to leave a, a nice little footprint on this earth. And so, with that, I got into personal training. Um, I started working with natural vitamins and nutrition. And because a month after I came home from my accident, I quit all, you know, 14 medications that they had me on. I went cold turkey on it um, because I could feel it when they would, you know, one of those little five milligram antipsychotic pills or uh, it was, uh, Risperidol was what it was. Um, every time I would take that, I would just completely get, it would like suppress my nerves, my feelings, and just, I, it took the me out of me, you know? Uh, it took the human out of me, if, if, and I could feel it. And so, to be honest, all I did was I just started smoking a little bit of, a little bit of weed, and I got off of, you know, 14 medications. Uh, so I was very proud of that and um, I felt the difference notably and then within a year um, I was going to the gym after my accident within two months of coming home I was already back at the gym so I was all about uh, making the most steadfast recovery and explosive recovery that I could and even at the last rehab that I was at Casa Kalina, uh, they took pictures of me and put me in their catalogs and everything because of how market of a improvement I made in such a short time. I was only there for about a month and a half and uh, it just made an outstanding recovery. Uh, 
the I remember my friend Eli who went to the ICU when I crashed. I'll get to the story about that. Um, the doctor put a 2% chance that I was gonna wake up. And he said, if he does wake up, there's only gonna be half a percent of a chance that he's gonna be, you know, self-sustainable, you know, get back to normal life, essentially. Um, and even talking about my friend Eli, it's crazy how, it's like I said, I was on my way to my friend's house. It was his house. And when I didn't get there, you know, 40 minutes or how, however much time elapsed, he finally called my phone and um, I wasn't answering. And so the when he, one of the times that he called, the cop answered or uh, police officer, you know, fire, a fireman answered and told him what happened. So he had to relay the message. He didn't have my parents' number, but he had one of my Dylan's number. My friend Dylan Ginsky. He had my friend Dylan's number, one of my best friends. And so my friend Eli called Dylan and then Dylan said, oh, I don't have his dad's number, but I know our friend DJ has his dad's number. So then Dylan called DJ and then DJ said, oh crap, I don't have his dad's number in my phone that's on me, but it's in my old phone that's sitting in my drawer in his house that he was moving out of. So Dylan, my friend Dylan, went to his house, went to go fetch the Motorola razor out of the sock in the drawer and found my dad's number and called him like it all got relayed back to Eli, back to the hospital, and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, that the pieces kind of started moving. But that's like everyone kind of all of a sudden uh, was aware, I guess. Um, so it's honestly the my biggest takeaway from this is just be grateful of every moment and try to. Life is, life is, uh, life is so short. So try to make the most of it, and try to make the. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying, but yeah, try to make the most of it. Um, my appreciation, you know, and and empathy for people, and being able to really understand people's, you know, hardships or positions now, like I. I've noticed probably the biggest shift in that with my personality since my accident. I'd say that's probably the biggest trait that I can say. Uh, very empathetic and sympathetic to people's, you know, feelings and needs. So, and stories, because everyone has a story. So, but yeah, I think that'll. That's about it. Yeah. Um, have you Have you hopped on a motorcycle since then? Yeah, I have. Um, so that took me, I, I didn't even drive a car for five years after my accident. Um, I just, I wanted to get as like honed in on my skills and, you know, be as in tip top shape essentially. Um, but yeah, so it took me five years to get it on, in a car. And then two years after that, I've, 
mustered up the courage when I got my license back. Um, I had gotten the motorcycle license as well. And so I went out and got a 600cc bike. Um, I got a Kawasaki ZX6R um, 2009 and then started riding that. And so we got another little story. So I started riding that, you know, it's cool doing wheelies. Lady hit it while it was parked. She literally drove her Jeep over it, got it all on camera at my house. Uh, so, okay, that bike was totaled. So then I get this Harley and I'm driving down motor, uh, which is Los Angeles, down motor going towards Venice. And uh, I take off from a stop sign and a lady, all of a sudden I see a lady to the right of me, and essentially she's in the fire lane or part, you know, the, there's a fire hydrant right there, so it's completely red. And I'm about 20 feet off of this stop sign. And I look at her, I make eye contact with her, like, what the hell are you doing next to me? You know, there's a car right in front of her. She's in the parking lane, essentially. And she just hacks her wheel right into me. And um, so I just, I recently, about two months ago, had a 650-pound Harley Davidson fall on my leg, tore a couple ligaments, got a third-degree burn on the, my leg, and uh, this woman wasn't helping or anything like that. So that was very frustrating. But I think this is that was like my sign to just hang it up, you know. Third time's a charm, and so. I have too many things to care for now. I have a son, and so uh, I think that I was just being the best decision to stay off and just, yeah, let it be wishful thinking about getting back on. So, oh, I'm sorry, man. I mean, was that really <laughs> traumatic considering the, you know, the last experience? Yeah, so I didn't really, I didn't, I don't remember any of my accident on the freeway. Um, so I feel like this one was essentially even more scary in a sense because I was awake for the whole thing. I was like, oh my God, the bike's, it's falling. Like she turned right into my right leg and, uh, you know, I felt all the pain. I felt the burn. I felt the, you know, obviously my other accident was more intense, but I got knocked out on impact. So um, but yeah, the totally heightened, you know, made the hair on my neck and arms perk up, you know, gave me the scares, you know. Um, and so that's even where I think like reality set in a little bit, like this is real, you know, it can happen at any time for no reason, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a rider you are, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, as skilled as you think you are, it only takes one person. And one thing every biker, you know, says, it's not a matter of if you go down, it's when. So yeah. it's going to happen uh, no matter how great you are, if you got a, you know, leather suit or anything like that. And especially just the congestion in LA doesn't, uh, doesn't play to our side yeah um you know first of all i'm really really glad that you are not only like like alive but like recovered and like walking around and like yeah like living your 
your best life and stuff but since the doctors gave you such a low chance of like living a normal life what do you think drove you or like what was driving you to like get better like they they like you said they gave you such a low percentage to like be self-sustaining why do you think you were able to kind of like recover so well honestly uh so one of the factors they said was my age so because i was 21 at the time um the body's young and you know regenerative or and it's you know young healthy youth state you know they said if i was you know 40 or 50 and the same accident happened guaranteed would have been a goner um and then also to be honest i was like uh I wanted to, I had a girlfriend at the time and she had stayed with me through the accident. So I know that was partially my motivation to get better for her, you know, and like, uh, but another part of it was uh, like my dad, you know, uh, that's just a little a relationship, whatever that my dad and I have had where I've maybe always wanted to feel like I somewhat like have to prove or want to, you know, do good in his eyes. And so I made sure that I, I strove to make the most outstanding recovery every single day. I, uh, you know, it was my aim and my goal to get better. And so I was down, <laughs> it's just crazy even thinking about it. I, I was down to 110 pounds. And so at my rehabs, they were feeding me double portions of everything. If I wanted a whole pizza, they would give me two whole pizzas, you know? And, but the, the crazy thing about that is the only reason I got to go to the rehabs that I went to, Casa Clina, and, you know, which is an outstanding uh, rehab facility, um, I didn't have insurance at the time. Like I said, I was, I was uh, getting caught up in not living the best life in a sense you know like i said uh doing drugs and unfortunately um you live and learn but so i hadn't paid my insurance for my motorcycle and so when i crashed didn't have insurance so okay so you're not uh if you don't have insurance you're not any money that comes out of the case at the end of it essentially you you don't get to have any of it and then uh <laughs> I, it's all bad so but because of obamacare at that time my father got to retrograde me onto his insurance because i wasn't a full-time student and like basically i checked off all the boxes to qualify for obamacare and sure enough i did and so even my first rehab at USC <laughs> it's like my accident like I got lucky in all these different ways just you know even having second chance of life but then I went to USC to go look at well god great what's my bill gonna be you know and just for my time in ICU which was 21 days so yeah three weeks uh, or no it was 20 days so yeah just one day short of three weeks um it was $191,000. And then I get to the end of it and look at the last page, balance zero. And Medicare 
paid 100% for my, you know, uh, when I was in ICU at USC downtown. Um, and so, bam, I got lucky right there. And then uh, I had a tracheotomy, so I couldn't, my voice was very low, very low. I didn't really have any force in my lungs. You know, I, I speaking of it, I was on a ventilator, so I had to have air forced into my lungs to make me breathe. I couldn't bring up, breathe on my own because I broke my sternum. Um, uh, <laughs> gosh. But yeah, so, uh, dang, I lost my track there. Lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, it was just a... Uh, I can't believe they, they covered all of your bills. That's incredible. Yeah, they covered all my bills. And so then after that, so I had the tracheotomy and a woman called my father when I was at his apartment and uh, she was calling about the motorcycle that I had crashed and because I now it's been a few months of not non-payment and I, you know, stacked up the balance on it. it all of a sudden I owed $21,000 on his bike somehow. <laughs> and um, the woman asked if she could speak with me and my dad told her you know he's like no he can't talk right now he had a tracheotomy and so he, he's you know he has no volume in his voice right now and so she's like oh my god what happened and so he told her the story over the phone and she said oh my god sir I am so sorry you that is so unbelievably like insane that she literally forgave my balance and completely wiped my balance of $21,000 down to zero. So oh, I went from mowing 21 grand on a bike to, hey, you're all good with us. Glad you're alive. That's and incredible. so it was just kind of like, holy, holy shit. In a sense, like I kept getting uh, benefit after benefit after benefit with this. And so it made me uh, more spiritual try to be more in tune with energy but it's totally grounded me and made me like I said more empathetic and sympathetic with people and just uh, willing to hear and listen to people's stories you know yeah aside from the more like spiritual outlooks and stuff like that like the like are there any other like kind of permanent changes to your life like how the, how's how is this kind of has this experience kind of changed your life like how you live your life or maybe you're just just kind of anything <laughs> i'd say one of the biggest ways this is my accidents changed me i mean i feel like it's it probably plays to my benefit and my you know demise a little bit um but i'm very spontaneous now you know i'm very uh like if i want to do something i go after it you know or if i build myself up to the dedication to you know want to be you know a personal trainer or a nutritionist and whatever path that i want to go down i uh i i conquer it but i'm very very spontaneous uh, that I'd say would probably be the most noticeable thing. Um, like I said, it, it plays to my benefit and also uh, not my benefit, I guess.
Do you, uh, and then lastly, uh, do you have any advice to anyone that may be like dealing with this or like just some, any, anyone in a similar situation? Yeah. Um, I don't want to say if to anybody that's going through, you know, a traumatic experience or a devastating accident or life-threatening experience to have faith have faith, stay determined, and when, you know, uh, dig your cleats in, never give up. Uh, I'd say that is honestly one of the biggest things that kind of kept me on the up and up was when I woke up, I, I didn't, uh, I never was complacent in my therapies and everything like that i was never lazy um, but i'd say like even if a doctor tells you you know gives you the the slimmest odds or hairline fracture odds of you know beating anything to honestly in your mind say fuck that I'm going to do this, manifest it, manifest that, put that in the universe, put that energy out there that you are going to overcome it, that you will, you know, be that one person, be that 0.01%, you know, and um, get hungry, you know, and that's even why I became like a personal trainer, you know, to even be like words of, you know, like motivation to people and kind of see people strive to be the best that they can be and so I think that goes the same thing with recovery be the best that you can be do the best that you can so you have the best chance and best highest probability of coming out successful you've you know built the best foundation for yourself that you possibly can coming out of a situation you know Okay. So yeah, that was Tyler. Um, I really hope you, um, enjoyed this episode again. I mean, crazy, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really still want to get a motorcycle, but I know my girlfriend has kind of, uh, not, I don't think she's a huge fan of me getting one. Uh, there's a saying like it's not a matter of if you crash it's a matter of when you crash you know and uh, you know yeah hearing Tyler's story is just really crazy <laughs> so I I, I I I live in Los Angeles and, and driving LA you just you just never know like I, I I can't imagine what it's like for motorcyclists, uh, but you just never know who's going to turn out of nowhere and what's going to happen. So, anyways, thank you, Tyler, uh, for your uh, for coming on the episode. Thank you for your perspective and and everything. And uh, it's just really awesome to uh, see him living his life. I mean, he has an amazing life. He has a kid, and 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 just is a after all that he went through, he. Uh, I mean, you would meet him and I don't think 
that I would that you would think like oh shit this guy was in a fucking crazy motorcycle accident um he just like fucking powered through it raw docked life and fucking did it did the damn thing so good on you man um so anyways that was another episode of escaping death uh gonna take um a brief just like a week break the next episode is coming uh just after thanksgiving um and that should be really good too um but i hope you guys have a wonderful holiday uh, thanksgiving and um you know uh what can i say uh one thing i want to say that i'm thankful for is i was looking at some of the analytics of this show uh and i noticed that there were a lot of listeners there were some listeners from germany so uh that's pretty random and pretty cool so thank you uh for everyone listening there um i yeah this week uh this episode pretty brief uh intro and outro um so i I, if you like this show again please like subscribe please uh if you're i don't know if there's a way to review on spotify i know on apple Podcasts you can leave like a please leave a five-star review uh if you like this podcast and share it with your friends and um if you have a submission and if you have had a near-death experience please uh go to my instagram page at auswil91 and dm me your story i would love to hear it and love to have you on the show and again thank you for listening to another episode of escaping death i just can't you know like i say this is an independent show but um i don't and i and i produce this but this is really a collaborative effort it feels like i do the intros i do the outros i upload this podcast but really this show it's nothing without you guys listening and it's especially nothing without the guests that come on and i make it a point that each episode is that they're the focus that their story is the focus you know like um i don't consider this my show uh i might be your host but um this is really just a chance for people to share these miraculous stories and hopefully that you guys the listeners can gain something from it so um yes it's an independent podcast and i would hope that you would support but know that this is kind of like all all our thing so uh, i think that's the beauty of uh content these days anyways before i get into like my usual ramblings uh that was uh tyler and his miraculous story um have a wonderful thanksgiving and uh tune in to the next episode